There could be no doubt that Marco Inaro sees himself as the next Alexander the Great. He definitely has the villainous but dangerously sexy vibe going on. My mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because the nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Hole Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Expanse. This is season five, episode four, Boggy Mula, written by Dan Nowak, directed by Nick Gomez, who worked on Charm, Supergirl, and Oz. I gave this episode another 10 out of 10. This is Nemesis Games. It has begun. Marco Anaros has arrived. The episode title falls into this mythos he has created around himself as the next great Alexander the Great. This is named after one of his fortuitous battles. The episode title that is. I did not know that this came out early, so in very rare form, I had went to sleep. (laughs) And thus, I missed all of the excitement, which I'm kind of glad of, except it was very much torture while everyone was notifying me during the day on Twitter how amazing this episode is. I'm like, oh, it must have happened. So I knew what was coming seeing it unfold but also getting some surprises because some things happen that didn't quite happen as soon as they did in the books so in case you did not catch it last episode i will not be talking book spoilers during the recap of the episode however i will have a spoiler section in which I will be talking about a few things. If I think it's a minor spoiler, like the fact that um, Saki was the mole in the book as well as the show, I, I probably like I just did mention that. But for the most part, I'm going to maintain the spoiler free. And then if you want to join after the feedback in the spoiler section, if you ever have questions, comments, or just want to geek about the books, that is where you would just send in some feedback that would be labeled spoilers but i haven't gotten any thus far that doesn't mean that i won't there's six whole episodes to discuss and there is already a a difference in how they could be playing the season out so i definitely have some roomifications So let's immediately get into this recap, this amazing episode. A lot have already stated the best of the series thus far. I cannot argue with that. I mean, I really love um, what was shit. I'm blanking right now because right now this episode has dominated my entire thought process. So I guess that tells you exactly where it stands now because whatever episode was there it is no longer but i like that we see the razorback aka screaming firehawks i like the way they changed the title that it was indeed the razorback and alex changed it to the screaming firehawks since that's what he wanted to name the rossi i'm so glad that they all vetoed him out of that I'm glad it is the name of the fandom though 
he's grappling with the death of mars and bobby reminisces about a rat that she had a pet rat named mouse which i thought was adorable she eventually saw that it was dying and she grieved and she was sad but eventually she could grieve no more she buried mouse in a box and had to move on with her life and that's what she's telling alex like i've been where you are right now it's been like what six months or or a little bit more and that you are going to get to the point where you're going to accept the you're going to get past this grieving part just make sure you're doing something useful when you emerge from that grief and he says it's good to have people to talk through this type of thing and i wish i was that for my son and i really wanted to slap him in his fucking face shut the fuck up you cunt i don't know if it's uh, i'm out of favor with Cass Anvar which apparently I didn't mention it in the previous podcast I thought that I did but he will not be returning for season six apparently there were enough evidence about sexual harassment on set that he was fired and will not be joining the cast but he did film all of season five what they do with his character i do not know i don't want to see a recast i can just tell you that right now i think it'd be weird it'd be bumbling i don't necessarily need it he's not that big of a story and he's got moments in the future but you know i don't think subtracting him from the show would would harm anything like he could either die at the end of this season which if they didn't know they were unless they just brought him back just to film his death i doubt or he ends up in season six they you know write him out some type of way or they show his voice we know they can after star wars or mandalorian they can do all types of shit with cgi (laughs) so maybe they they somehow construct his death or he just goes back with his family but what irritated me about this is when he said oh i wish my son would have someone and i'm jealous it's not going to be me you know your wife also is going through this and you didn't even you're still not giving her enough credit because you know there's nothing to go back to there and your son's the only thing that's salvageable he'll speak to you but at the same time i don't really feel as bad for alex because as bobby said it you kind of waited three years afterwards after even admitting what you did was wrong and you got in touch with him so he had more than enough time to make his ass back home and at least try to make some closure and he only did it because the rossi was docked for repairs and he couldn't fly it that is not someone coming to grips with the reality that someone who's just like well i guess everybody is off on their own thing and i better go finally now i can can't justify not having the time to do it anymore when you really didn't justify it in the first place i did really like the rat analogy and it is something i can totally see having young bobby with a rat that just warmed my heart in ways i didn't realize it was going to and about also sometimes when things get bad and you grieve and you grieve eventually you start getting innate to the grieving and you try to do something about that you have to bury that sadness that you know some people will never see the color of my skin 
and think I'm a human being that deserves things like rights or that I should be shot if I do anything that might even be closely resembled to a crime whether I actually committed one or not eventually there is a sadness there that has to be put in a pine box and you have to move on from that so I just felt that statement was very relevant for me in this time but both of them are still following the Barkeith and two freighters that are with them they're still under the surveillance in hopes that they're going to flush out the whole network that is smuggling weapons to Marco and Naros I'm curious about this because as much as it feels related it also does not coincide with any event that has thus far occurred on screen with Marco so is this a meetup that's supposed to happen in the future are Bobby and Alex gonna find themselves in the vicinity of the Pella very good questions here but they get alerts not to fly by the UN and pull up the news feed and see the first rock in all its carnage hitting earth while also hearing that the Martian parliament was attacked simultaneously. I feel like this was a little small part that may have easily been overlooked, but you definitely saw their what the fuck face. And that was all of our faces the rest of this episode. It was the first of many what the fucks. I'm just gonna say it at the top. Marco's plan was pretty damn clutch. That simultaneous rock hitting with the attacks on both Tycho, Parliament, and Earth. I mean, he did some devastation in about five to six hours, or maybe it was 24 hours. I'm not quite sure on the timeline. But it did feel like she was putting, you know, but what is time on Luna? I do not know. Uh, But she definitely got that message from Fred Johnson. It felt as if it was the day before, the night before. But I could be wrong. And then you saw that fisherman. It felt like that was early morning. So maybe, no, this was still the same day. But man, just, (laughs) you gotta give credit where credit's due. If you're going to plan something on a certain level, it's this is the way you do it because he managed to take out not one, but two whole damn governments in one day. But we will get back to him in just a moment. Amos is seeing the first rock on the news as well. And I did like the fact that they went from the point of view of one Rossi crew member to the second point of view of a Rossi crew member. And he is at a UN penitentiary where there are 10 levels for each type of criminal. At the bottom on the 10th floor is the most dangerous and those are the criminals with modifications. Did you catch that he has to give up certain civil liberties under the Lucerne Act to get into this facility? He mentions how there's a lot more guards than there are inmates. That's a clear indication of the dangerous type of people that Amos has now found himself trapped with. He is there to see one Melba, aka Clarissa Mal, but who we will now refer to as Peaches. 
Now, I will say the connection between Peaches and Amos in the book is a lot more pronounced. We had much more time to flesh it out versus the show. I think Clarissa in general suffered from the fact that we had to condense a lot of that book into the second half of the third season. So we didn't get to kind of get inside her head as much and understand it might be a bit much to connect when he says people like you and me the things we've done that's not completely on us and i'm like um amos y'all too is not on quite the same level <laughs> chorus and Mao grew up very much uh you know well fed well taken care of if not loved at all and that created a resentment or a desire to win the love of the only person or parental figure it would seem is in her life we got a very very small window into her world so compared to the people that she killed versus the people we've seen amos kill and then knowing further what his backstory that he pretty much was and doctrine into sex slavery i mean th- there, there's no comparison necessarily <laughs> you're kind of shooting a little bit for trying to hook that but i was hooked in the books because it did make a lot more sense so hopefully the people in the show have enough she did have that phone call last episode and her repeating that line of dialogue i thought that did a good job of showcasing that his words those words and his um out that he gave her to possibly take her own life or these are impactful things that meant something to her considering he wanted to put her down like she was a bad dog when he first laid eyes on her so her having said that dialogue really connected her to him or made it seem as if he was an importance to her a little bit less so with Amos but I'm willing to make a stretch that his whole experience on uh Illis and with oh I forgot her name you know that was someone else that unfortunately could not be saved from their path and they ended up being destroyed and it was someone he cared about and he was the one that destroyed her and so maybe this is his pet project because he did make this connection with her that he wants to kind of be that moral guide that someone else that lydia as he says someone was for him now there may be a little bit of argument there that uh naomi also was a guide to him at some point we never really get their meeting backstory other than they worked together for a really long time and that their silences spoke a lot but i also like the fact that peaches isn't letting herself off any bit easy she kind of laughs that off like okay yeah but some stings they just don't come out and she is hooked up to a blocker because of her mods now if you were to get surgery you're able to go serve your sentence up top however she got her implants illegally on the black market and thus removing them will be a worse existence than if she kept them in so this is what her life is isolation i think she says she gets an hour of exercise out in the yard and just hooked up to these 
constant blockers in this room playing out over and over again everything that you've done wrong and everything that led to that moment of you being here so she's not looking for an easy way out or to make an excuse for her actions because she really did kill a lot of people trying to do something that is rather on the grand scale of motivations going on <laughs> it's a personal one it's an understandable one however i think because it was such a quick transition from oh my god i meet holden for five seconds and he's actually not the worst person even though she was getting inclinations of that before she did what she did that desire to win her daddy over get his affections really just kind of tampered with her own self-worth and she made awful awful choices because of that and i would expect a lot more of the character owning that before we're ready to move on to some redemption i like that amos didn't necessarily know that he was coming here to make that offer to help her but once he said it he knew that it was the answer uh, it was the truth and that he was sincere about it i also like the fact that he's so very nonchalant amos like i must look like shit yep just then lockdown protocol is in effect and everything goes dark note they pointed out a particular prisoner that is not all there they say and that prisoner's name is Konachek. i got my eyes on you we know Amos has a tendency to spot those in the crowd and he picked this guy out. So I wonder what that's going to uh, bring about. Let us get to Christian who is freaking the hell out saying that she needs to get to the commander in chief so she can warn Nancy that this is an attack. They don't know what's going on. Delgado joins her and that is when we learn that the second rock has hit philadelphia that is the shockwave that amos felt good thing he was 10 stories down in the prison and the shockwave also hit nyc i love christian's slow eye movement like it's surreal what she's hearing and what she's seeing up on her news feeds and you see how delgado reacts as well he's more like well at least they know now it's an attack it's almost like you can't react to what the actual tragedy and devastation is you can't be emotional you have to continue to be in control so i love the fact that everyone all of our characters are responding in that type of uh quick reactionary way and the only one when we finally do get an emotional reaction is naomi at the end of this episode feeling kind of what everyone is feeling by the end of this christian of course is devastated because this is also where arjun is if you do not recall he is teaching in new york city she then says we need to get in touch with UN1 and I like the fact that they're both blackballed because it is so realistic that in time of crisis you got people that's trying to still has been trying to get on the the ends of everything and people are just tired they've burned all their bridges and they really need to give good information and they're unable to go to people and it's not only that 
and I said it last episode that's why I really don't like and I can already see and I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with that reality too because there's just gonna be Christian stands and you know that's all right I can sometimes be a Naomi stand and I have to admit that to myself but Christian wasn't like right in the sense of oh my god everybody should have listened to her and she's gonna have the biggest i told you so i don't see it in that perspective i see it as christian was desperately trying to get people to understand that this person that i underestimated is a bigger deal because she wasn't on marco's radar or marco wasn't on her radar at all either until he threw the the ship at earth and it wasn't until she got egg on her face over that decision and then she lost the election that she really took marco as seriously a threat as marco needed to be now if christian had been in her position like she was with aaron wright she probably would have been able to stop this attack ever from happening because she was in the position she needed to be in and it harkens back to what the character said in the beginning of the series when we were introduced to her why don't you ever run for office because i like to get shit done and because she got into this pissing contest with nancy gow and she didn't allow her best self to show and then the way in which she was even running not even just the election the way she was running the country beforehand uh not allowing anyone to speak telling everyone they're gonna do whatever she fucking wants she became a dictator in her need to stop any further tragedy from happening she has all of the legitimate reasons she just didn't go the best way about it she refused to listen and that's why i felt that line from her last episode was so profound when she said i've learned to listen like yes i know i'm not gonna say completely because that's not christian i was wrong but i will say i've learned to listen (laughs) and maybe nancy will do the same and that's well why delgado kind of was like this is the bullshit you know exactly where you are you put yourself there and now you're dragging me along with you and that's why he said deuces i'm out but i really like that moment when she got in touch with the the chef on board and he kind of put the sandwich down in a phone like i don't know what's going on but she says she got to talk to you and she's able to finally get to nancy and nancy give her her due i felt people because she was opposite christian she never got her due as a person in which we would want to root for yes in other people's eyes yeah you're going to these ring gates and you never know and you weren't there about for the proto molecule and this that and the other thing but it's not like earth never did their due diligence they sent probes for a year they tapped outside it and studied it some time before then it was like maybe a year and a half you have people now living there they're successful while they were living there and then you sent the scientists to investigate and their conclusions were well as long as there's no protomolecule around shit's good so you can't sit there and look at nancy like oh she was the terrible candidate for wanting her people to succeed in a position in which she would be the one most earnestly feeling that need to succeed too it's like obama with obamacare 
it's a personal trial for them because they went through that themselves i lost my own you know his family because of not having proper insurance so i always felt that nancy was a really great candidate and it was always unfortunate that christian couldn't see or get behind and protect those people that that next generation is always going to want to go the extra distance that you may feel trepidation about like when people talk about going to the moon i'm like fuck that that sounds insane but there's probably kids my gen that are younger are going to be born that may take on that type of leap in evolution or in mankind's uh achievements and i think sometimes the best thing the wise can do is to continue to counsel them because if you go one side or the other you're on opposite ends and they don't have your wisdom and now you're shut out if they you know because progression and change is always going to win out over these old guard types of regiments that's just what history proves again and again so it's just oh so sad that they couldn't have done that together all this time and yet at the moment where things need to happen you see that one nancy's not incompetent she is very uh in command of herself she's you know she's uh dictating not dictating but you know what i mean <laughs> she's giving out orders and commands they tell her you know let's leave the planet it's not safe she's like fuck that i'm not leaving earth if my planet's going down or going down with that ship she won't abandon her people and that's what a good political figure does especially if they're like the presidential figure of that planet and then when she gets the call from from Avasarala, she doesn't say i'm not gonna listen to you i think the one thing about the smartest people is they're able they don't think they're the smartest people in the room all the time sometimes the smartest people will listen to the other people in the room and make the best decision weighing all of the opinions that is what a good leader does and she doesn't hesitate regarding this issue because this is someone who has saved earth before everyone else doesn't know what's going on if you know what's going on step up what do we need to do she follows immediately along okay what has she been through if it's not mars oh it's marco naros that's what you've been trying to warn me about that something's going on but it's not about even you were right you were wrong you told me this you told me that that's not even the point because it doesn't the big thing with christian is she didn't have evidence she had some evidence she didn't have a lot of evidence she was starting to get more evidence but by that time the first rock had already hit it almost was a little too late she is able however to delegate the watchtowers and there's a genuine moment of lividity between the two women and respect like you know what you were always persistent she's like I, I like to call it perseverance and she's like well you thank you you saved millions of lives and then the third rock hits it's near south asia also where the whole cabinet is in un1 and they are all dead and both christian and delgado had to watch this was one of the most stunning shots of the rocks hitting and the impact and the one i like the most everything else you kind of saw the the 
aerial impact and then you had one where you saw someone on earth in its immediate destruction and then you just see the last one the most uh probably devastating one hit and it's just it's a massacre and the other one would have hit right in the center of north america but they are able to stop that one but before we get there let's check in with Tycho station because this definitely was like oh i was already going that way but <laughs> that's it this sent me over the edge you see holden and fred and sake and the security guy's name that i never recall they're all setting up their little trojan horse type of thing by hiding in the container that monica is supposed to be for this freighter to come pick up and they're going to ambush them and take the ship and get some answers about one the fact that someone kidnapped salvatore is it jesus this is when i hate these names because they start sounding the same the Salvatore sounds a lot like pablo Salvatore. don't make my job easy or anything but there's some light humor in the beginning because bull apparently uh doesn't like to be in confined spaces or something to that effect but it's not long before things go horribly wrong monica is in fred johnson's quarters and she is watching the the freighter pull into the dock i forgot what it was called i think it was no i don't know i don't want to say it wrong <laughs> but she also gets a peek at the news and sees the asteroid hitting earth and before she can even think about that james says wait a minute something's wrong it's a trap to bull's credit he did not hesitate he got the fuck out of there and that saved his life however it gave someone else named sake a chance to put several bullets in fred johnson's back oh sake you traitor and you saw how she may have been rubbed wrong by fred johnson and bull in particular I don't know if I mentioned it last episode, but he let out a belter racist slur right in front of her. And yeah, anytime they say skinnies, that's pretty much the N word, just so you know. But I felt there were a few other things that would make it clear that she probably was not the happiest. And I've been saying for a while now that Fred Johnson being an earther, that conversation came up a long time ago, actually, if you remember in season what was it too when they first got back to Tycho and anderson dolls was walking around and he said you know hey you guys are great i'm glad earth is sending their best young and, and to fight with us and y'all all baratting us but there needs to be a belter at that table and at one point fred felt the same way until he was iced out by anderson dolls and then it became a little bit more about retaining his place of power than about putting an actual belter in that position of leading the change and it turned out as well once things started changing we're getting more people that are earthers and they're not the kindest people they're kind of rude to um the belters around them and there may have been easy concern there after that was a fear in which many had expressed earlier on in the series 
So I like how that kind of came back with this simple character that we met for two seconds. I'm glad that the audience was surprised. I was only kind of surprised because I thought maybe they would give it to Bull, but then I discarded it in almost immediately because let's just face facts. There's no way in hell Marco is working with an Earther. I think Martians, sure. You guys are out in space with us. You're not our friends either. And you can tell that they had their own plans because they blew up the Martian parliament. What does that mean when they were supposedly selling them tech? I don't know. But there's not a big fuss over Fred's death. I will say I was just kind of like, um, is Fred dead? Because he's just, and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to get patched up. Because as I will reveal this very small book spoiler, Fred does die. This isn't just the way he dies. So I wasn't expecting him to go right here at all. And I was shocked when he did. But wow, the way in which Holden picked up that floating gun. I like that shot first and foremost. And then the way he did that straight headshot to one of the traders. He has this very understated badassery about him. <laughs> and I like that sometimes we are reminded that he is a naval man and that he has been given command and command has been thrust upon him despite him not wanting it and when it's time to take care of business he does know how to do that monica is saved from death because sake doesn't want her someone else does and i immediately thought marco naros because who else and why would they want her maybe because she's the person that made Holden famous I don't know maybe <laughs> Marco fashion he was gonna get his own documentary that sounds like something Marco would do and I am curious to see if that is a reality or not in the next episode or so but um Monica then saves Holden when he comes in she saves him twice I don't know if the first time I would count as a saving because I'm sure he was looking at his doors and corners wasn't like Sake was gonna get the jump on him and the way he put that headshot I'm not sure sis uh would have survived that but I'm glad to see that Monica wasn't just standing there waiting to be rescued she clocked her and then Holden's face when he saw that robo thing carrying the proto molecule what the fuck was that it brought so much reality to the moment even though it was such a serious dire moment like holy shit someone's get upscounding with the proto molecule but at the same time what the hell is that like what is that and then he tries to shoot at it but that's no good everyone tried that and he is able to try to jam one of its legs before he gets tossed across the room and then monica has to save him from the vacuum when saki is able to release the mech or the ship and it goes floating off without her i will say her surrender almost made me feel bad for her even though i totally don't feel bad for her but the way she said you know you lose so sad you're mad i'm back big mad he's mad she's mad big fat what a child does when they're trying to taunt someone after they won a game except this isn't a game millions of people just died you killed the leader of the opa faction who had been trying to build a legitimate government for 
the OPA. You just committed your entire race to war. So many momentous things, and yet you have this child, you know, throwing out baby taunts, and then you have <laughs> you have Holden being like, "You're gonna tell me? She ain't gonna tell you shit." And unless you intend to torture this girl she's not telling you a goddamn thing maybe if drummer drummer shows up speaking of because we see that fred bled out and that's when i was like oh shit they really killed him and the somberness of jim shutting his eyes and he looks at bull and says he deserved to see his life's work come to fruition despite their many disagreements he really did fight for the best of the good of the belters and he didn't disapprove fred johnson of these radical factions sometimes however he definitely once he secured peace and got some power for the belt in medina station he certainly wasn't entertaining those factions anymore and um it's just a matter of could fred johnson have ever achieved what many of those belters wanted to achieve could we have appeased could we have appleased the belt in the manner that fred johnson wanted with fred johnson at the lead maybe that was fred johnson's hubris his problem is that he never knew when to give up control to someone else even if that someone else um didn't have the same quite ideas because that's the thing as i mentioned with democrats all the time if you're 80 percent agreeing does it really matter that are we really going to be stalemating and screwing up our whole party just because we can't get this other 20 percent together sometimes things will just have to work itself out and we'll always have this 20 percent. but if you can get 80 percent there and i thought that was the whole point of dawes and uh fred johnson they then made deals with the inners in which they didn't show might it felt as if they were being given table scraps like marco mentioned in his speech so uh, his points are so relevant that i hate him for it none of it justifies many millions of people dying but there's also a lot of those innocent people that didn't give a shit about the belters and treated them like subhuman for and it's not even like 10 years 40 years like centuries they have been used as earth and mars slaves slave labor and if they have any any chance of finding actual independence a lot of them don't feel like this is the way because the same behaviors are going on like look exactly what happened on illis when people are going back home you know that many were telling the story about what Mercury did what the rce did how many people they killed yes in the end they got all the ore and they they're making bank but at the same time the price of that and now you have all of these martians and all of these earthers going to these new worlds and what they really aren't saying a lot and i hope they explore just a bit more is that it's not a lot of mark it's not a lot of uh, belters belters can't afford to do the gold rush the way everyone else can they can rub two nickels together and great they're there for belters to even go down on the planet they have to take drugs for months and then they have to possibly adapt to the gravity there's still such a a big political outcome that i think 
as much as Fred Johnson was addressing some of those things he also wasn't quite seeing that other side that radical side that anger and understanding that there would be people that want answer to the fact that they lost arrows they lost the breadbasket um if you go into a lot more stories which i hope i believe naomi will in this season i pray to jesus because there is a lot of background there that brings you to the moment of marcos and despite his horrible actions he is in a lot of ways the result of earth and mars not it's there he's their reckoning not dealing and not showing the respect after time and time and time again even these little tiny terrorist attack it's almost like how dare you the affront versus you might actually have some points i wonder if christian too will be like um you know when you just imagine where we met her right she was torturing a belter and taking great satisfaction in the torture didn't even want to be chastised for it now we know she had her reasons however when you do these bad things these sins they start to stack up in people's consciousness and you can't expect for the other shoe to drop when these are your actions these are your game plans and a lot of them it's because they dare to stand up and want things on any type of equal level with the other two superpowers and the superpowers are just like i'm not having it we're not having it and now that this gold rush is going on we're going to make sure you stay like people can see that that already desire medina station is great but how many times have it's been threatened to be taken away and what is to stop them from taking that away and just like marco said last season they're just waiting to have the strength to put us back down again they're giving us a seat at the table but they're also knowing they can take the table from us the minute they show up with enough ships because we don't have the thing that we need to defend ourselves and then you have marco showing up in this episode like guess what motherfucker i do <laughs> got these ships already uh got our vengeance i'll take it out to governments let's go how can those that are oppressed not despite it happening the way it happened like maybe i wouldn't have done it that way but it's not to say that i haven't lost people they wouldn't even let us fucking i mean just if you think of ganymede alone people are dying <laughs> because they don't have food they they're starving right now so not only is these two worlds going for the rings and this gold rush they're doing it at a time in which the belt is basically starving and disadvantaged so yes they're at the the precipice of very easily being screwed over again and one could argue maybe fred was a little naive in the end i know a lot of side eyes at the fact that he kept the protomolecule underneath his bed like sir however he was willing to give his life to protect it and i think that's exactly why he put it there i can see the reasoning from the man but what's gonna happen now what is dolls gonna do and i have seen no spoilers whatsoever i've seen no mentions whatsoever of garrett harris is it jared harris jared harris showing up this season so unless they gonna pull him out of a fucking hat and be like 
hey Dawes is here because he's a big deal in the political uh, situation that's going on so I would think we have to see him and if we don't that's weird but he would have something to say about this unless Marco is going after Dawes as well and he may go into hiding but I would think that someone would hear from him it was easy when Fred would come on the screen and say I talked to Dawes but is every character going to do that now what is drummer gonna do drummer just lost not one but two mentors in a very short amount of time and she is also going to be pissed at the fact that marco started a war committed the belt to war and he also has her former crush under his thumb although i have a feeling he's going to keep that secret very close to the vest is james gonna pick up the mantle where fred left off is that a good idea this would be him choosing the side as fred told him he would have to do one day but holden is not the least bit political he's just not that kind of guy i don't see him evolving as that kind of guy he seems as if he would do what needs to be done at the time that it needs to be taken care of like in this moment like he and bull have a feeling are going to definitely be out for some answers and a little bit of whoop ass but i did not see him long term taking on any type of leadership figure that's just not who he is and the minute he can get his family back on the rossi and he can help that is what he wants to do but he is not trying to run Tycho station and i can't see bull doing it either <laughs> i just can't so i'm wondering what additional characters if any we might get this season i wonder if we're going to get more of the other factions because marco has now made himself and we're going to get into this scene now the the leader of the free navy he has taken full control of being the military side of the belt we know already two factions that would probably be happily on board uh golden bow and what was the other one black sky kubileo <laughs> she probably um gonna have to join his side but not happy about it i'd be curious if we do see those three characters once again i think that would be appropriate and then we might can get some additional ones in there what dolls can do i have no idea but let's just see if they surprise us all and we get a jared harris appearance so let's get back to christian really quickly she is joined by delgado after she is trying to reach arjun frantically because she wants to know that he is okay and he comes in and apologizes saying well one there's a power vacuum no one knows who's next in succession and he also says that he should have tried harder and thank you for not correcting me and saying i should have tried harder and she's kind of just going into herself a little bit over the events that's happened like we did all we could do but there's also another part of her that's wondering you know is there something else she could have done he brings her to the common lounge where a lot of other figures are talking about the events they do spot another asteroid coming towards earth but they're able to see it from luna 
and the watchtowers do their job and they're able to disintegrate it very welcome victory after all of the tragedy that has continued to happen we don't even know how big the other two rocks were it definitely felt a lot larger than maybe was reported and i think once we come back and get a full assessment once of course christian is going to start picking up the pieces because she's not going to sit around and whittle her fingers now that there has been some hope in that whatever is happening has happened he's made his speech it's over she can start going about the repair but also eventually you're going to want revenge but are the is anyone even in a shape to start doing anything about marco he has the proto-molecule he's threatened to unleash it at the end of this episode if anyone were to leave their own spheres of existence so to speak uh the belt and the rings and beyond they belong to the belt and he he says that earth and mars they have the right to exist <laughs> it is a trip but i i love all the storytelling that this is going to bring as she's going to be probably more concerned about arjun she's also got a daughter she's also got grandkids that were down there and seeing if they're gonna make it is going to be a question mark what are people down on earth going to be going through how is she going to get aid to them a lot of questions going on and i do think that her first priority is going to be the the mayhem afterwards and the side effects because you know this is just the first thing that happens with an asteroid there are many things that happen afterwards that can precipitate a, a whole array of other events so the fallout is not even halfway done and i think that's going to be a huge focal point of this season when it comes to christian and then a little bit maybe of of really doing some soul searching (laughs) about being here in this situation i think even the moment where he says you know i know it's contrite to say it's good because she says misery loves company and he says misery also likes hope and she says it's a familiar statement to her and she's thinking about nancy she probably in the last five months said i wanted to slit that bitch's throat and (laughs) in the end (laughs) she literally watched her die i know that has gotten to it's got to be heavily weighing on her even though it's not her fault she shouldn't be feeling any guilt about that they were at odds they were political at odd figures but there was respect there clearly or she would have shut down the comm and said i'm not listening to you so lastly let's check in with naomi who has awoken on the ship she does not know anything that is going on and she's told by sin that it's time to go there was a little sweet moment between carl and philip before she came aboard deck until carl spots naomi and she just always gives her the ugliest stink eye i'm watching you motherfucker sin is a little contrite but resolved when she naomi gives him a very livid look he kind of saunters away at first she isn't able to look at her son but she says where are you taking me and then no one answers and she says tell me and i'm glad to see that she's not afraid to show her temper and he says there and it is the pella 
Then we see the mastermind in all his glory welcoming his son aboard, her seeing the ship for the first time. He's kind of looking back and seeing her reaction even though he's trying to play it off like he doesn't care about her reaction. This does seem like something both father and son are heavily proud of, this particular ship. And you have them hugging and he's saying this is our moment and then he tells the ship this is our moment as well before he turns his sights on Naomi I love the fact that Philip kind of walked past her he's still looking at her but she's refusing to look at him in this moment because she knows she's in the in a tar pit with an animal <laughs> I don't know how else to describe this but um I really wanted more chapters in the book of being inside of Marco's head because he has these just I mean they cast him I wish I was not exaggerating or the fandom it is because if you've never read the book you don't get the relation but he is cast perfectly even with his eyes just just completely a hundred percent on point that you kind of don't know what's going on in his head and that's why I wanted so many more chapters that I did not get, which is Lasai. There is a lot of chapters about Naomi's perspective, and one of them is on the kind of man that, that Marco is, and I hope she, we actually get a conversationist line about it, because we see that in this scene, and it comes through magnificently on just the kind of person he is. He um, says, Naomi, it's good to see you, she says, uh, in face-to-face. And she replies, I was hoping that I'd never have to talk to you ever again. If it was up to me, we wouldn't be. And he says, well, still, it's good to see you. And he says it with all the earnestness that he is sincere. And she rolled her eyes like, I know you ain't. Trying to get up in my panties right now. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He did have kind of that look, though. I'm just saying she then asked like was this your ship and he's like oh one of many but you know i'm doing this and the other ships for the protection of the belt that's my dream <laughs> and she says there are more ways to protect the belt than with a warship and he says says the belter with her own warship oh no he didn't she points out that he is selfish and just wants to see his enemies burn and he's like i'm not gonna deny it you know that's true to a point but i've changed because raising a son all by yourself being a father that makes you want to change and then he steps towards her and says, some people change for better or worse and she says so is that why or that you haven't changed at all and is that the reason why you had your our son kidnap my ass so you could show off what a good father you were and then he says that nah philip kidnapping you was his idea i was shocked when i heard it and then at this point philip has rotated his ass into this conversation because he know he probably got all the words before he even got like hey when you get here i got five like it felt like a stage set up for just fucking with Naomi and this is kind of what I was getting at for a very long time of what makes the person be the way they are and then we meet Marco and um 
he is one that is not easy to spar with despite the genius that is Naomi Nagata this guy man this guy and uh he then burns his own son in the process by saying uh, apparently I thought he was a man but he's just a little boy that needs his mother I thought he would have gotten over such boyish dreams and he doesn't even look at his son when he says it his son is looking at him with this kind of shock hurt look like so either Marco is lying here or he's like why did you just embarrass me like that and make it seem as if I needed my mother I just would love to know the other end of this conversation (laughs) and hopefully we get it next episode I will talk more about that in the spoiler section but I love their interplay it's exactly what I thought it was going to be Marco is acting exactly as I thought he was going to act I knew this was going to be a tense moment it was going to be it's very revealing how he acts with Naomi who is herself a very smart person And yet he seems to be able to get inside her head and manipulate her in ways that even when she sees it, she can't help like the moment in which he says, maybe son does need his mother. And she kind of is impacted by that. And he watches her be impacted by that. And then you see Philip, he has that look on his face as well as if almost like that's a truth but he didn't want it exposed as the truth that it was so even if this was maybe Marco's plan all along and not Phillips to bring her that he revealed something that kind of worked in his favor like I said there's a monologue in the book that describes this perfectly about Marco's character and then he gets this gleeful look on his face almost playful after further telling her that you know the impetuous of youth my son oh oh well now that you're here though as a family a family we can celebrate the greatest victory in their people's history together the glee he takes unveiling the fact that he just threw three asteroids at earth and killed millions if not billions of people was downright unholy and her reaction was so devastating philip this i mean the fact that they both are looking at her and they have these wide i like i oh the casting is ridiculous i I know people are just gonna keep saying it but it's just so good and they play it so well and you can see father mimicking or son mimicking father in that moment and they're so opposite her and just everything of how that played out and he puts up what he's done and she's just like you did this and he's like it's everything we ever dreamed about and she can't believe that this is what they've done that she th- he still thinks this is their life's work she then says that you have put blood on our son's hands uh just like you did to me and that's when philip steps up like no i was happy to do my part and marco fills her in he took the stealth tech and she is further horrified because philip is very proud of himself especially when marco says how well he's done and this is a good move for him as well because he's the proud son and then he looks over taking that moment from his father and his mother and she can barely look at him 
And then he starts to talk aloud to the room about, or he hears the news anyway from Corral that two of them missed Earth completely and three of them were taken out, I believe. Doesn't matter. That quick shift he goes from kind of relatively a failure if you think about it for all he accomplished he definitely didn't set out i mean he got a one a a two-third percent maybe of his mission maybe one-third and however it doesn't matter what the failures are he turns around and immediately embraces the victory saying one would have been a triumph two shows our tactical genius and three the inners will never test them again and everyone is proud of this very telling moment too when he has his parents full attention philip that is and his father's and his father immediately turns away and you can see almost like he thinks that his father's might be upset by the fact that all of these asteroids didn't make it and he looks directly back at his mother and she's just she can't escape the room despite her really wanting to escape she has to find something to lean against because otherwise she's gonna fall out and then after this little speech he being marco turns to naomi and he says it's time to show our people who we are and he then tells philip after he gives her a long look to escort his mother to her quarters But then he calls her name once again and it's so weird when he says Naomi (laughs) and she turns around and he says welcome home. Philip then takes mother to quarters. I love that sound she made when he went to grab her arm and she just hissed at him like don't you fucking touch me and she's just so disgusted and he's like okay your royal highness you go like he can you can definitely tell he's been told she's an uppity bitch. And from their perspective, she like, oh, you got money and you got this nice crew and you're with the inners now, like you turn your back. It's the the equivalent of what Walla to the the full extent. Like you tossed all of that away, including me, for a more comfortable life. It's almost what he's putting out there, or you thought you were too good for us, or, or something to that extent he definitely is feeling, and probably what Marco told him god knows what marco told him and it's clear that marco also is holding a torch just a bit or maybe he just likes the idea of the fact that this is my family and my family is with me and naomi has also like for someone he said is weak in all this she went off and became very famous she went off and did a lot of great things and made a name for herself in the belt along with the man that she is Uh, that is her lover so that what is a man like marco must feel after that's what you've told your son that your mother is weak and yet look at all she's accomplished and uh i i think maybe we'll see more of that psyche play out but we get an amazing speech at the well first she is um still like he likes manhandling his mama he tosses her in a room and before he leaves he says you never should have left us and then he locks her in and this feels very familiar because she says don't do it philip don't lock me in here and then she ends up that scream though that tore through me and she ends up crying 
great performance by Tom. I know I have not said the kindest things about her acting in the earlier seasons, although I've always loved her character, but she is killing it this season. Absolutely killing it. And this scene, like everything about her emotions, like I had someone say it was like, well, you can see how much pain she is, but I'm ready for her to get over it. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, oh, I hate when men speak sometimes. <laughs> This is a mother that just realized that her child, like the, the, the worst thing she could imagine happening, happened. And part of that is is her decision to abandon him to the man and the terrorist and the zealot that her father or that her lover was. I mean, she's not going to just get over that. <laughs> I expect that pain is going to haunt her for a very long time. And this moment is it's gonna take a moment to process and she's not in a great position right now she is practically held hostage aboard this ship whether you want to say it's coming home the fact that it's coming home and it's under lock and key if that's what your home is like that's an abusive situation so she's also an unfriendly zone she's a weltweller and a lot of beltaloda and that is also a way in which she can be treated in the coming episode so so much to go on with naomi but i don't expect her her inner pain or the devastation to somehow just be switched off uh even if she starts taking some initiative and action because i do think that having her on that ship is going to prove problematic because she is nobody's uh slouch and she gonna be trying to get back to her real family which is the rasanante what was that message she left to jim never saw it but i have a feeling it might come into play maybe she gave some information that's gonna help jim find her later on and had a backup plan all this time but i think i have talked enough about the episode i think i've already went into the speech it was it was great um <laughs> i wanted to be like "Ooh, you motherfucker but at the same time he just kept speaking them truths and they were very powerful truths and freedom and what that is like like for a lot of people that was their independence day and what independence day did not did not start with something being blown the fuck up and a lot of people dying that is unfortunately the history of man and as much as it isn't and shouldn't be recommended or um in times of peace it should not have been something that was done however it's not any worse than what the belters have been feeling from the inners and there's going to be a lot of people that feels legitimately free at this moment and it's a very authentic feeling that they shouldn't feel bad for feeling that way even if how it came about was not what they were imagining. So with that, let's head on to the feedback. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. Um, I'm sending in feedback for... Um, the Expanse, uh, season five, episode uh, four, I believe I just saw. Um, I watched it yesterday. I didn't write m- many notes, so I'm just gonna try and go 
off my memory i will say that this was episode was the bomb like oh my god it was so good from the beginning to the end so i'm just gonna try and go through the characters um maybe that'll help me remember more um we could start with christian avasarala um i really i really like her i really do like she is so bomb the way she cleverly decided to get um people to listen to her by going through the chef that was a pretty dope ass move um but i will say like i i guess i didn't realize uh what was happening when uh, philip was messing with those when i i know he like took over that spaceship and it was like a research ship so it was kind of weird and it didn't make sense but then like now we understand that they were covering those um asteroids with uh some type of coating from mars so that it it wasn't detected by earth um so they could do some impact because it looked like it did some damage too like a lot but i will say as soon as i saw i can't remember anyone's names other than the main characters so i'm just gonna say i'm assuming she's the president now queen of earth <laughs> um i was wondering why they like like you see and uh asteroids are tumbling into earth like why are you on a plane like i knew as soon as i saw her on the plane that shit was gonna go bad for them there is no like there was no way that they weren't gonna be targeted and i think it's absolutely asinine that they would decide that they were gonna get on a ship like when shit like that happens aren't you supposed to go in a bunker somewhere i mean i know i'm not the queen of earth but i feel like that would have been the smartest thing to do um i hope um christian's husband is okay um because it sounds like she you know they weren't in a very good place so you know it'll be even worse if something happens to him and i think her daughter went to go be with her dad too um so they were probably together so i hope i hope they're fine um i don't remember where christian is from and they said that the the second uh meteor asteroid whatever the heck you call it uh collided close to philadelphia and um that sound, seemed like it was close to where Amos was. Uh, I guess we can move on to him. Remind me again why he's friends with that one lady. I feel like he kind of saw himself in her or something like that. I remember her. I remember what she did and I remember what happened to her. Um, but I don't remember her name. Um, but it seems like she's in a pretty like really rough prison like some of them prisoners look really terrifying oh my god um so it's crazy that they have her in there with them i don't remember all of her but i know she had some type of implanted something that gave her the ability to, to do some stuff because i know she killed that one guy um but i don't remember everything um my memory isn't the best under normal circumstances so if you're talking about years ago okay i don't remember what i was talking about someone called me when i was recording so i don't remember what i was saying um but i was talking about uh amos and the girl he's with um the fact that everything went black lets me know some shit's gonna go down um i don't i don't want to think amos will try and smuggle her off the planet but 
I mean, <laughs> he really does seem to have some type of affection for her. Um, I can't, I don't remember their relationship, so I can't say for sure. Um, it was years ago when we watched this, uh, when I watched this uh, season. So I don't quite remember exactly what happened between them. But as soon as I saw her, I did recognize her. Um, she was the sister of the girl that Miller was looking for. I know that much. Um, so I guess it'll be pretty interesting to see um what happens with him and a uh with amos and i know my boo thing is fine so i'm not even worried that something happened to him but i do think the fact that everything went black and all hell's gonna break loose because some of them them uh criminals uh inmates had felt like enhancements and there was a lot of guards but you know <laughs> i'm just concerned that all the power going out is going to be a shit show and all hell's gonna break loose. Um, before I talk about Naomi and what's going on with her, I would like to point out, Christina, that I still feel like I'm not saying that Jim would have been able to bust her out um, had he went with her. But the reason I feel like she should have let him come was because at this point, at least he would know that she has been kidnapped. He has no idea that her son snatched her up and gift wrapped her and brought her right to Marco. He, he has no idea. And as of right now, he has some own his own shit going on. So he's not going to find out. It's going to be a while before he even realized. At least then he could, you know, call Alex, call Amos or something. They could get a game plan, anything, you know, or she could be like, you know what? Um, you know, he knows that I'm I'm there. He can come get me when he can't anything like she just went by herself because she was delusional in her mindset that her son was going to be forgiving. I, I really, I guess emotions can do that to you, but she's too smart to be this dumb. Like, I really don't understand. Like, I, I get what you were saying about her feeling like you know she's gonna get kidnapped again you know whatever but I feel like she's been with Jim long enough to know that he would try his hardest to protect her and no matter what like whether he's here and finds out or not or he comes to try and save her in the next several months her thinking hit she's not gonna put him in danger is stupid because no matter what when he finds out something's wrong with her he's gonna go to her so whether he risks his life now or two months from now how is that different i that just doesn't make sense to me um i feel like it's something else that she didn't want maybe maybe she's so ashamed that she doesn't want jim to feel differently for her for leaving her son i i don't know it, it has to be something else because i can't think that she just didn't want him to go because he's an inner you're you've been with this inner and everybody knows it so they are not gonna think about you the same way like I get that that's a, a belter area but as we all just saw they don't think of you as a belter anymore anyway they feel like you lost your way and who knows what they're gonna do with you <sighs> side note though I feel like <laughs> The way Marcos is talking to her, Naomi is better than me because I would have punched him right in his face. Like the smugness, his arrogance, like everything about him. He was just so smug. I would have hit him in his throat. 
<laughs> he just seemed like, oh, but he could give a speech. I will say that because he had me even rooting for the belters. Like, yes, we we got a revolution. Yes, let's do this. Like, that speech was the bomb. Um, who else? Uh, now we can go to Jim. I am so mad that they shot Fred. Like, the the scene when he got shot and his blood was just like pulling out and floating like that was a pretty dope ass scene but it's so funny because i was with shy i can't remember the other guy's name but the one that they had going to the crate i always like he was the one that i was just being suspicious of thinking like maybe he was on marco's side but it turns out it was that other girl that was with naomi in the beginning like they got me because i did not see that coming i thought she was going to be an ally but she ended up actually <laughs> being um one of the ones that betrayed and as soon as i saw fred on that slab any when a black person is that pale they are not alive like fred looked pale as hell i was like yeah he's lost way too much blood he is dead and i know he told holden to go get something out of his chambers so is is that what what's her face stole with that machine like I'm not I'm not 100% sure where that machine was cutting up and digging, but it seemed like it stole something out of somebody's chambers. Um, so I'm assuming that was the protomolecule that was in Fred's chambers that was taken by Marco. Um, but we knew that was gonna well, I shouldn't say we I knew that was gonna happen. And I knew that's what they were looking for. Um, and I knew the fact that Fred had the protomolecule was gonna make him a target. Um, and I think it's really shocking that Naomi didn't think that maybe somehow Marco might get a hold of the fact that there's a belter, well, an earthling that's working with the belt has a protomolecule and he clearly doesn't want Fred to have it because Fred is an earther. I honestly didn't know that, but I guess that makes sense because he doesn't talk like them. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I never thought about the way Tycho, how it was being ran by an earthling and he's the boss of Belters. But it seems like that's how it is around there. But I, I will, this episode was just really good. It, it, it's a lot of things happening all at once. And it's, it's crazy to, to see what's happening um, and try and figure out what's going on because it's like so much. Um, and then I guess Alex and Bobby, you know, still in pursuit, uh, trying to figure out if what you call it smuggling. Um, but I, I will say uh, I agree with uh, Bobby about it's only so much grief you could take because, you know, I've been going through some stuff and it's like at this point, it's like I don't even like being mad or angry or crying it just it all that emotion it doesn't do anything you know at some point you you just need to you know make the best of what you got do something about it and that's that's honestly those are facts so I get it <laughs> I get it Bobby um I totally understand that story resonated with me very very strongly um I think that's all I have so um i'm gonna end it here um i don't have i don't think i have anything else to say but um i think i got all my points across so um yep so until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch mimi out 
sorry i feel like it's gonna be hard to hear this because my throat is sore so i i don't have very strong voice like normal so uh i apologize if you guys have a hard time hearing hopefully everything will work out so can't wait to, to hear what you guys thought of this episode um i will talk to you guys later love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch me out that was queen mimi bringing in the feedback and her opinion on this episode i'm glad she liked it because it was bombdiggity.com <laughs> and a lot of things did go down you said when a black person is that uh ashen yeah they did a really good job of showing him bleeding out and we know how wounds are in space because we learned all about that uh two seasons ago <laughs> even if you're one of those that don't quite remember i will tell you uh that's when he spun the drum and anna learned that you know wounds don't drain in space that's why holden kept saying get him to some fucking gravity but he had to get to gravity and that looked like it was a very long uh float and it didn't seem as if he made it didn't seem he did not make it whatsoever uh r.i.p fred johnson um just i think he was someone who tried he was opa that's the thing fred he was he was down for opa until they went legit and then we didn't do opa ways the way we used to handle opa because we're trying to become a part of this nation but that's the like even drummer felt that way last season um when you think about smart people and their their need to see even with marco's actions where he's coming from because you know you guys want us to be more like inners we have our own type of uh identity and that identity is continuously being pushed towards a lifestyle that's accommodating you to be a part of your nation or be a part of having any type of power out here uh and all we really want is just you know to be free uh belter they belter culture is a lot different than inner culture uh they do believe in sharing like they that's why a lot of their ships are actually um poly like the one we are introduced to or a lot of family oriented ships because that's where they spend uh maybe 80 to 95 percent of their life uh they don't spend it on these stations um just so many different things that go into their lifestyle that they've kind of adapted in space over these years a way of dialogue a way things that they do um the way in which they communicate they're big communicators the more you share the more your your bowl will be uh, bountiful something to that extent so there is a certain innocence and gentleness to their culture that i think that any type of affiliation with the innards in any type of assimilation way feels like a betrayal versus you know why can't we just have our own power and then police our own selves and then the inners don't be involved at all it's basically like any other country being like america do you have to be here or can we not just be in our own shit all the time and you not actually come here anytime you want and then do things to fuck up our shit we need you out of here is is exactly what mars and and uh earth have been consistently taken away from the belt 
And as much as Fred was definitely, definitely doing the right thing, there's it's it's clear by how many people on Tycho turn that that wasn't a commonplace feeling even on Tycho Station. The other big one for the belt is Series Station, which we haven't really seen a lot of since Miller days. But that's where Anderson Dolls is, in case you are anyone out there is wondering. Uh, that's where he he is another big belter thing. But there was Ganymede, we know that's gone. Eros, we know that's gone. There was another one, which I hope they talk about. Um, so a lot has been taken away from them, and they're even when they try to build their independence, like I will just say this because it's not a spoiler whatsoever. They had their own um, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, in a sense. So they have a huge history with the inners in which maybe it was always meant to go this way in one way or another maybe not to this extent maybe not with marco naros but it definitely was a reckoning that was a long long time coming in regards to nancy she actually was already in the air (laughs) um headed to she was at a press junket in asia um and that the rocks they were not i believe now definitely correct me if i'm wrong um anyone else but i believe that the rocks marco threw were not coordinated in a sense of this is where i want to hit because these people will be here like he had no way of knowing nancy was there now of course there's a possibility there was a spy this that the other thing i don't think that they're going to go there i think that it just happened to be her cabinet there in this particular place but who knows but like i said the fact that he did throw so many rocks i feel as if he was making strategic moves of hitting all uh, every region around the continent as many as he could he got three but he definitely was going for a lot more and he didn't know which ones were going to hit like asteroid nine blew up or got too close to the sun so it disintegrated and it broke up in regards to clarissa slash peaches yeah i really like their their relationship a great deal um as i stated earlier in the podcast i think it makes a lot more impact in the book but i am curious to see if everyone really gets it in the show and it seems most people are just like huh i didn't think it was going to be her i thought it was going to be a new character is their reaction on the who was the person that Amos was going to go see and they were kind of shocked it was Peaches but it is Peaches and uh, I do really like her character and I am very intrigued on seeing you know uh, another badass woman because everyone down here has modifications Amos does not (laughs) he does not everyone not just some people everyone down here has modifications they're the most dangerous criminals in the building we know amos is not no slack but that's not to say amos can't get his ass beat then in regards to jim i felt like everyone had a, a two or were of two minds about this one is exactly with you was like i don't care jim should have went with her this is why he should have went with her he could have done something protect or whatever and then there's other people that go immediately to my reaction, which is, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense. I wouldn't take them either. <laughs> so-
So that's just a split decision, it would seem. I think that it just me personally, I think for the character Naomi, personally, I dare say personally twice, Jesus Christ. Naomi didn't want him to go. Point blank period. It didn't matter if he could have helped or not. She didn't want him to go. She even said it as much. I don't want you to help me with this. This is something I have to handle on my own. Come what may. Which means if I get in trouble or if I am, and I know what you, I get what your point is. Like, of course he's going to come after her, but can't come after me if you don't know where I'm at. <laughs> so I'm wondering if she did send a message saying, this is where I'm at. But I think she took a calculated risk, like any other person that would take a calculated risk. And it turned out to be risky and she put herself in danger, but I don't think she was naive to the fact that she was putting herself in danger that was just what she was going to accept to happen and i'm not sure how i felt if jim was in that situation i think also a little minor also spoiler of the book it did go a lot differently in the book when she left it was a lot more traumatic um she basically said either you let me go on my own or we're breaking up and i'm going on my own she she made no qualms about the fact that this is not something Jim is going to involve herself. This is her past. These are the, her family, in a sense. Um, and she is not going to have him involved in this stuff. She can pick up a comm and let Jim know where she's at at any point in time. She don't have a comm right now. I don't think so. But she definitely, once she got there and was about to contact Jim before he got on the ship philip did and they ended up taking her and i think that you say this a lot and i am going to give you a little bit of crap for it you be saying that like she's too smart for that i think for smart people they are not allowed to be infallible to you <laughs> you're just like you're a genius you should know better and i think to a certain extent that's exactly how they've been playing black characters for a really long time we're the smart competent one we can't make mistakes and that's what I really like about the character of Naomi is she does make a lot of mistakes. She does do the wrong things, but she has the heart behind it and she owns up to those mistakes and she definitely suffers for the decisions that she makes, but she also tries to make things better. And I think that seeing such a smart and capable character being put in a situation as well that you start to learn a little bit more about what her history is what made her the way she is and marco is a conniving very I, I said it earlier but he's emotionally abusive if if that that was made very clear to me in these scenes but maybe not as explicit but the way in which he is able to twist just about everything she says like there, there's a back and forth where she's trying to find some ground and and yet everything is slippery because he's just that kind of motherfucker um i think that shows that she knows she's playing chess on a level that jim just jim wants to save you he wants to save the situation and as fred lovingly said you know you kind of put your, or maybe no it was christian says don't put your dick in it because because it's fucked enough already. like he's gonna put his dick in it because that is what he does and he would not have been able to stay on that ship this is just me talking about the character of jim holden and i do feel whatever she was trying to accomplish with getting philip to look at her 
Like this, it feels much bigger than just I saw my mother and I decided to kidnap her. That it feels more like a plan and a lure than it does a, a, an event that she thought she was walking into. And she did do some retcon. It's not like she went in completely blind. She was watching him uh, on Palace Station camera, so she knew that Marco was nowhere around. She kept her eye on him through her little calm thing. So, I mean, I think she did as best as she could, but as regards to her, the character of Naomi Nigata, she just did not want, and she was not going to have Jim involved in this. And either he respected that or not. This is my business, and I'm dealing with my business. And I can, I can see me in that in a lot of ways. Like, I'm going to go handle my business over here with my ex no mom I don't need you to ride down with me because all you're going to do is start shit and I don't got time for that yes <laughs> I don't like having some of these conversations but this is my business I'm handling it I can't handle it I want to handle it I don't need your assistance in this thank you I love you respect it and I think that's what Jim did and that's also why she loves Jim because Jim did respect it I think that is imperative to their relationship that he never tries to make her um or forcibly keep her anywhere that she doesn't want to be and then you trans uh you trans what's the word I'm looking for you see parallel that I should say with Marco at the end and Philip literally locking her where they want her on the ship and telling her that she's home. So I I feel what you're saying. I, I'm not gonna disagree with it. It's it's a point to bring back up. I, I one would can't say, hey Naomi, you should have brought some backup. <laughs> that would have been a good idea, but I, I just think she didn't care at that point. This was something she had to do and she was willing to take that risk to see if she can save her son. And I'm not sure if I would just agree that your intelligence has anything or can completely take over in moments that can be emotional. And then, um, what else did you say? Um... Oh, you were talking about the plan. <laughs> uh, I will say this plan is so ridiculous. No one saw this plan coming. That's why I was half annoyed that they even gave it to Ava Sarala to see this plan coming because no one saw this plan coming. Fred Dawes, who's also one of the smartest. This was not something that someone, he had a whole bunch of people talking. It, his little faction is not even a faction that many would say they go to like he's out there he exists but he's not one of the big ones he's not black sky or golden bow or someone who really has made a name for themselves this is him making his name so i i think the audacity of the attack i don't it was not predicted by anyone and, and even if you were to guess a little bit of it, it was so much that happened. Like I said, he took out Parliament uh, on Mars. He then set off nine rocks and he was able to get three hit. He was able to get people on Tycho to turn against Fred and steal the proto molecule right from underneath him. He got a, a ton of shit done that 
even the most seasoned people like uh fred johnson it just were taken aback by how big this was and he did it all in secret all over time so it's very maniacal how he did this plan rolling up and when we was in the books like man you came from like on an island on a planet that was trying to kill you and then you're like docked for repairs and then the next thing you know you're like is shit blowing up on earth <laughs> and everyone including avasarala just being like what is happening i don't know what's happening what the fuck is happening and that's exactly how it go went down so give marco his credit he is a an asshole to the top stellar extent i know you said you were rooting for a speech in the end but he also pulled off something that no one in their wildest dreams would imagine was possible and he was able to do that in absolute strategy that's making me eerie in a lot of ways that i think is gonna start playing out about just how what the fallout is in the next few episodes because it's a game changer like the game has officially changed (laughs) great feedback as always and i do hope you feel better with your throat you sounded perfectly fine though i will say last but certainly not least here's queen shy hey christina it's me shy i am here to talk about that amazing episode of the expanse episode number four um i really 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 enjoyed that one from start to finish and it took everything in me not to say too much um when i uh <laughs> sent that message about um because i i just knew that you were doing what i did which is sitting in front of my tv as soon as they said that thing was streaming i was i was that was it that was all she wrote um so i watched it tuesday night and i just knew that's what you were doing um <laughs> Um, of course, to find out that, yeah, you had to, you needed a minute to recover. And so I was like, damn, I, I can't say too much. I didn't know if you were, Mimi had watched it and I didn't want to spoil anything for you or say anything about my excitement and my enjoyment of this episode. Of course, I listened to your the good place podcast so i see you were kind of spoiled a little bit on people on twitter talking about how amazing it was so i laughed at that so but anyway um about this episode uh yeah i mean this one had me engaged from start to finish and i like how you know we got everyone's you know a section of everyone's perspective of what was going on first we started with Bobby and Alex and then we went to excuse me um, Amos and on earth uh, and then we went to Asaf Christian I'll just say Christian and then Holden and then Naomi you know so I like how we got everyone's story in this one um so yeah so it was you know very filled with um all of that so in regards to bobby and alex um we see them following that um 
what's her name babbage girl on that forget the name of the ship um so and we i will say that i did identify with what bobby was saying when she was talking about her pet mouse um that really hit home for me um because i can because that's how i that's how i am that's how i um deal with things you know with grief um and that's so true about the emotional stamina you know at some point you just you did you 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 know i guess you could say you're tired or you become numb you know at some point you just get become exhausted from the sheer emotion of what you're feeling and the easiest thing to do is to just at least for me um is to focus on something i would i need to focus on something at some point to get my you know get my mind right to get right um so I, a lot of times I like to stay busy um, and that helps me um, a lot not to think about it not to you know to focus on something then we have Amos's story sorry about that um, my son is calling me so I don't know if I, I have to edit or whatever I don't know anyway back to what I was talking about um, but did I hear, before I get to Amos, did I hear right that one of the rocks hit Mars? I, I don't know if I heard that correctly or not. But anyway, um, if you can let me know that. Um, so now we got Amos on Earth going to visit Peaches. Did we, did we, were we introduced to Peaches in another season or was she in the book? Because she seems familiar, but I'm like, I, for the life of me, I can't remember. I just I don't know I mean I, I mean I'm drawing a blank right now when it comes to her but I feel like I should know her or should know that character so if you can enlighten me Christine Christina I, um sorry I'm trying to think as I'm talking at the same time um my brain is going 100 miles an hour um so yeah so that was interesting um why do I get the feeling that that Kona check dude is gonna play a role in what's gonna happen next I don't know maybe they just seem to have focus on him so I tend to get suspicious suspicious when they focus on a certain person um as for Christian yes um I like how <laughs> she was not playing around they were pissing her off um not answering her phone calls while she's trying to give them pertinent information so that was really smart of her to think about going through the chef to get to Nancy, which I, you know, remember her name. Thanks, I couldn't remember it last, last feedback. Um, and I'm glad that she listened and she wasn't being stubborn, Nancy. Um, but of course, now the mystery is: did something happen to? I mean, to her that plane? Did she survive? So there's the question of that. Um, and of course, um, Christian is stressing out, worrying about her husband. He's still not calling her back. So that's a mystery there of whether or not he survived it, both those impacts. So that's going to be interesting to find out. Um, uh, then we have, all right, here we have the part that really, really threw me for a loop. I was like, damn. I was so wrong. <laughs> I just knew that that my theory was that Bull was the 
was going to end up being a traitor. I did not see Sakaya. I hope I'm saying her name right. I did not see that coming. And that's what I love about this show. It's like, you know, it keeps you on your toes. I mean, for those who didn't read the book, um, it keeps you on your toes. I, I mean, I personally didn't see that coming. Um, her shooting Fred. Uh R.I.P. for Fred. That was sad. I, I was not ready for Fred to die. <sighs> but, um, but yeah, she, yeah, she was no nonsense. And it was like a total switch, you know, that she's going from this fun-loving, you know, you know, joking and smoking and all that good stuff to, you know, stone cold and Wow, Marco's reach is far and wide. Um, it just goes to show you he, you know, he's been playing this for a long time, and he's got people everywhere. So that's gonna be something to look forward to how that all plays out. Um, and her little too bad, oh so sad, too bad, oh so, and I'm like, dang, she was just, she did not care. Wow. So. I wonder what they wanted with Monica. That that's interesting that they were trying to take um, her with them um, when they were getting their protomolecule. You know, and I was saying that wrong in the last my last feedback, but yeah, um, but, yeah, it, it happens. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very interested in what they wanted with her. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be see it's so much still to unravel i just love it it's like that's why you know a part of me this was smart for them to have it to where you gotta wait a week because you know i'm like i'm i'm so ready for the next episode i would i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i would have been very tempted to just go to the next episode to find out what the heck is going on if it wasn't for the fact that it's just not available I think the mother in me came out a little bit um, in this one because, you know, I know I was irritated with Naomi for going by herself and I still stick to that. I just don't think she should have done that. I just don't, I mean, take someone with you. I mean, even if it's not holding, take some people with you to help you. Just, I mean, I just don't understand going, you know, solo like that when you don't know what you're walking into and things of that nature. I mean, yeah, you can have hope, but also be careful and be cautious. Um, but I will say that with all that being said, I, I am hoping upon hoping that somehow she gets through to Philip and is able to turn him around. And that line that Marco said to him about how he's a little boy still needed his mother. I mean, Philip did not take too kindly to that. Um, so, and, but I'm hoping that, hoping upon hope that maybe in some way she can reach him, um, because there's that, that glimmer of possibility that a part of him does want a relationship with her. Yeah, he's angry and all that good stuff, but underneath it all, I, you know, there's, there must be some love there for her. So, yes, I'm on the hope train when it comes to Philip. Um, not giving up on him, um, even though I'm very upset with how he's treating his mother right now. Um, but again, who he had as an example, raising him, Marcos. So, yes, we finally get more of Marcos in this one, which I'm happy about, which I figured we would, um, that that was coming. 
And yes, he finally um, let the world know what he was about, that, you know, he's the one responsible. So it's a uh, game on for everybody. Uh, the Let the, I, know, I guess the war, so to speak, begin. Um, we didn't get drummer in this one, but that's okay. We It was action packed. They had a whole lot going on. So I really didn't miss seeing her. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure she'll play her role soon enough. Um, but yes, I really, really, like I said, I really enjoyed this one. It had me from start to finish. And it was just, again, so many moving parts. I'm excited to know what happens next. Ah, oh, wow. I don't even know what to think. You know, at this point, I don't even know what to theorize. Um... But yeah, um, I think that's all I have. Oh, I can't think of anything else. Um, love the special effects. Again, you know, with, you know, the Fred um, scene with him being shot and the blood floating. I mean, I know we've seen it before, but I always love that. Uh, seeing how the, they do the special effects. And uh, yeah, I really did. Oh, yeah. Also, I wanted to say I really thought Bull was a goner when they um, shot at the container. Um, but you know, he ended up obviously being okay. So very excited to see how this all comes together. Um, when, like, I, like I said, previous, I think in the previous, my previous feedback, how they're, I mean, I enjoy the fact that they're all separated and this is just a prime example of how amazing that is, you know, cause we got Amos, Amos on earth. Now, of course, Alex was on Mars, but he's out pursuing that lead. You got um, Naomi now with Marcos, and then you got Holden at um, Tycho with everything that went on with Fred. So, I yeah, just so much going on that you just, you know, you don't, I personally don't miss them being together because I think this is so much more of a rich story that we're getting to see that I'm a-okay with that. I mean, of course, I'm going to want them to get together eventually, but I like how this is coming together. Anyway, I think I will leave it at that. So on that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch. That was shy with her feedback. Good opinions as well. I see we're with Mimi and the Girl Bring You Some Damn Protection Camp. And like I said, I, it's it's a reasonable <laughs> assumption i just know the character is just like that's not what i wanted to do i'm gonna be risky i'm not gonna be cautious i'm not gonna take those risks and this is what happened and you can say she's stupid for it yeah and that would be as valid as me saying you know sometimes you gotta trek shit alone <laughs> and try not to take anyone down that very very slippery well with her i mean i think the minute to me she said his father's marco norris <laughs> i really needed more and we probably will get some and i can't wait until yeah i could not have not binged this show if i had episodes available i would have watched it at least 20 times but i think the weekly thing is it's doing what it's supposed to do and i am glad because this season really should be not binged it should be savored every week because i know they're just gonna be cranking out just killer episode after killer episode because this book is just a killer book it does have all of the things like all of the things it's a non-stop roller coaster if you think this episode was great 
you got a lot more stuff coming to you. Um, just absolutely one of the best books of the series. If not the best book, I will say Tideman's Wrath is second up there, but I think this is still my favorite out of all of the books in the series. And we still have book nine to come out with and hopefully some more novellas because I would love to get a Amos and Naomi meeting story just for no other reason than I want it. And then the character Melba, I love that both of y'all was like, I don't know who this person is. Am I supposed to know who this person is? <laughs> Maybe because she's not looking batshit crazy. But this is Clarissa Mal Melba. Well, Mimi knew who she was. Uh, she is Mal's daughter. She has a lot that she is atoning for. She killed a lot of people. And I know you mentioned, well, maybe Philip can be saved. Well, it's not as if he would be the first terrorist in which we have redeemed in some capacity. So there's always hope. Never stop believing. However, about the fact that you asked, did Nancy Gal survive? Nope. Them planes got flattened like pancakes. She's dead. <laughs> there's no if and buts about it. She's dead. Um, in regards to Konachek. Say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. That's what I also love about the books, though. They continue every time you think, we can't do anything else, right? Like game-changing. And then they do something that's game-changing. Seriously, read the books. If you have not read the books, read the damn books. Because if you think that, oh my god babylon's ashes the next like three books after this are just fantastic <laughs> everything that continues to build and lead and have some information in episode one this season that has kind of been put a pin in there's a lot of things that have been put pins in and everything that you think it's just they they're so good at world building they're so good at building the politics and getting these things to happen that all coincide and make so much sense and you get and feel where every side is coming from at all points this is just one of the best series in sci-fi ever i will not not give it that mantle it just is and i don't care that they're done after six I will just sit on my hands like a good little coyo and wait for the movie to come out <laughs> that encompasses the last three uh, last three books. And quite frankly, that should be a movie or a mini series. Anything can be done. And I think that they've gotten this far in this television series with this that they are. I think it's impossible that Ty Frannick and Abraham would or did I get the names wrong it's likely I always Daniel Abraham that they will just finish this up in a three-hour blockbuster movie and I would be there with my popcorn giving them all of the monies because it's that great of a show that it's got to be finished and it just continues to implode from here and continue that into where we leave it and it all begins on where we started so i just can't say enough about how much i enjoyed this series and i'm so glad that 
you and Mimi are along for the journey because I would be harassing you every day to watch The Expanse if you didn't. And I watch Carly, what's her name? She's on YouTube. She's one of my reactors that I love her channel. I think it's Carly Nicole. And I can't wait till she gets to this season. I cannot wait. Because I love that people that also, because she's not a book reader, but she's very analytical. And I love the way she, her brain works and breaks down characters and motivations and a lot of the way I do. So I enjoy listening to other people talk. And, and I think it is a little bit different, I will say, and throw this out there, not to shame any men that are doing the podcast for The Expanse, but... I feel as if, especially with the emergence of so many female characters that are really taking the lead in this show, that it sometimes is best looked at through or analyzed through the lens of a female. Because in a lot of ways, there's some subtlety and not a lot of hammer. They have that action. Don't get me wrong. They have Amos. But a lot of the great other storylines come with... um, you know a little bit of a a feminist touch to it but not in a way that's overly like white feminism <laughs> and they do it with all of the characters and i love that most of those characters are women of color and i will stand that until my dying breath and they do it without even any type of like it's it's uh it's authentic it's um organic that's the word i was looking for and then I will say the one thing about Philip and Naomi that I, I would challenge both you and Mimi to kind of uh, maybe try to analyze under that lens is that they have been both under the command of an emotional abuser. And that is exactly what Marcos is. I know he definitely has the charisma and all of the the charm and, and he doesn't see he might not have seen like that type of person in this episode but some type of some characteristics uh they have unrealistic expectations people who are emotionally abusive they invalidate you um create chaos use emotional blackmail act superior control and isolate you these are some of the emotional abuses and see if any of those fall in line. I think they will they will match perfectly to one Marco Naros. And I think that 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 also plays a, a great deal into sometimes you can't escape that cycle no matter how much we want strong women or, or even uh, a child to escape that. Like, I think it's even worse for Philip. And I think that's why Naomi Naomi feels such guilt why she couldn't really and didn't want Jim to be dragged into this because she knows exactly the man that she left her son with and the result is she's trying to stop him or she thought she could stop him before it got here but she like everyone else never thought it would get here <laughs> not not at this like planning attacks is something that the belters have been done, doing for a while now this isn't the first terrorist attempt or even planned attack that was so successful and season two they almost took out Avasarala. that was golden bow right um so i think she just probably really thought this was a minute move and she didn't know it was a damn game changer now she does and 
what she does from that moment I think defines a lot about who Naomi is if you want to send feedback for the next episode you can send that to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com you can send it in written format or you can send it in audio 10 minutes or less now let's get into some spoilers 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 so one of my big questions coming out of this episode which I kind of postured in the in the recap was what the hell is going to go on with the power vacuum that is Tycho Station now that Fred is gone I was really thrown off by the fact that they killed Fred maybe because he just wasn't going to have as much to do and the next book is or the next season is going to be pretty pretty action-packed as well maybe not a place for him are we possibly thinking about bringing some people forward in the series uh from the belter side i can't think of too many big characters other than oh i'm gonna blank on his name that was drummer's uh boyfriend lover in the book but we could end up introducing him earlier i wouldn't mind that but I don't think that that uh, Holden in that role is... I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel like that's Holden. So I hope that the show isn't making him the new Fred, Doss, Fred Johnson. Because I don't know how that... I it would settle that. That's not Jim. And it, he's not a political figure. I would feel much better if it was a, another character move forward. But they also could just decide to scrap a few things completely off the board and we don't have to worry about it about Tycho station maybe it's it was already a station in which they were under dipping in the red just a little bit bull he could take over as well i don't see him as that character right now but it's possible he could grow into that maybe drummer decides that she's gonna come back in the void that is fred johnson because she was in a lot of ways not only this chief uh, advisor but kind of a secondhand uh, woman and she could decide to leave her new pirate crew and we could still get the storyline of michia pao as well and you know i think that would be enjoyable because i think that the character Os- oskana in the subtitles it did say she was Michio Pao as well and it would be nice for her to have her own storyline because drummer has taken quite a few although I don't mind at all what else um now the dolls thing is gonna be weird too because he initially joins up with Marco and I think a lot of people are gonna join up with Marco at first because they're not gonna have a choice I didn't mention it in the initial feedback which I should have about the natural prejudice that's going to come after this you know you what what happens when America uh, let's just go back to (laughs) 9-11 when you're watching that surreal event and I like how they portrayed that in the show and what comes right after that oh there's a big uh, hatred for Muslims after that despite the fact that it was only this one group this one particular people the whole entire belter nation suffered for that so what's that going to look like on Luna what's that going to look like on other places like Ceres and is are we going to see Dawes or are they going to kill him off in kind of an incognito way because Jared Harris is busy and I don't know if he's going to be available to come back to this show 
even in a one-off cameo appearance so they could do away with that whole story arc as well it wasn't too big of a deal in the end he tried to make amends to fred johnson after his death but they can easily just give that to drummer and we're more invested in that story and in those characters what else did i want to talk about with the fred oh yeah i cannot wait for the second shoe to drop i don't think they're going to be able to turn sake but they definitely had she had a look in her face as if there was maybe some remorse that holden can get through to and i think she did have a genuine rapport with naomi and we saw that and she says i'm not as you know evolved as you she made it very clear she's still with her people but once things were done and the dust settled and the deed was finished she didn't have this triumphant look to her she almost was in tears at what at the enormity of what they were she was doing and it would be a great way to parallel that with philip because now that the thing is done <laughs> living with it is the hard part this whole thing with marco and naomi and philip played out differently too because marco's the one that told her philip needed her help and she willingly went to help him knowing that he was in some type of trouble but this was her last ditch effort to just help her son over the guilt so it was a little bit differently than in the show and I think maybe that's why uh, my girls are still having a hard time grasping <laughs> um, what Naomi and and Marco's relationship really looks like. I think the flashbacks will be a really great um, insight to their past relationship and what it was like. I think also it's of note to note how young Naomi was when she got with Marco that she was what 15 16 years old and that she had Philip at 19 I believe I think watching her birth these are things that you're going to need to know about Naomi to understand why she would take the burden of such pain and the being put in the position that she's put in to realize why she would not bring Jim with her and because I know all that it's it's impossible for me to see it in a different light so I mean rationally yeah it all makes sense but knowing everything and the independent person that Naomi has really carved out herself to be it makes all of the sense in the world but she also is a little bit she doesn't have the hair that she could put in front of her eyes i saw she had her hands in her pocket when she walked into the room i wonder if there's going to be any other type of gestures like that was a very clear indication even earlier in the books that you know naomi has a little side to her that is is still deal, some dealing with some emotional trauma somewhere in her past and we never really saw too many hints in the show and the things we did see were very very subtle so i can definitely think the audience would probably need a little bit of a, a hammer to really hit home and maybe they're just saving that to really build up her struggle to get away from marco and also that moment that she's trying to take to save her son still is she still gonna feel that way after knowing what he's done i know how she reacts in the book and if you're here you do too so i'm not gonna talk about it at length at any way but i i just i like the fact that we saw 
Marco. He's doing such a good job. I think giving him the backstory of being a, a, a slingshotter does a lot of the work as well for the character, which I don't think we got that in the book, that little bit of tidbit information. Where does he go from now? And is this going to come full circle where the Barkeef is going to meet up with the Pella? And that is how, because I, I don't know if I, how I feel about Bobby and Alex spending the entirety of an episode in the Razorback. I, I want to call it the Screaming Firehawks, but that's the fandom and it's always going to be the Razorback to me. I, I don't know how I would feel about that. So I, I'm thinking something else must occur before then. And we know that Mars is going to, I thought it was great that everyone thinks the Martian attack on Parliament even though it was enacted by Belters, uh, was something that benefited Marco and Marco alone. And yet, we see Bobby and and uh, and Alex. They're watching some Martians high up. That's part of this deal. Where do they fit, and what do they get out of it? Because why are they just getting it just for money, or maybe it's for something else? And we all know it's for something else, but. I'm going to love how they slowly just unfold this on everybody that you think while everyone's looking over here and at this tragedy there's another one being set up immediately that's the real true villain of all of this because once again Marco was very small fry until he started getting a pretty good benefactor that he somehow thinks he was in control of because Marco's that type of person. I don't know if we're going to get back to the eating ships. I mean, they, it's different in the show. Like, I think they mentioned very briefly, like, some ships went missing. But that's about it. And you don't have Holden investigating ships the way he was prior. So how that's going to come back into play, because that is a huge deal to how Marco goes out in the show they might decide to do it in a more visceral satisfaction like instead of him being eaten by the worm gate you know he's you know in a fight with the Rocinante and they take the ship out but I thought that worked perfectly for the story because it's a big point for Naomi because she has to decide whether or not she's going to kill her own kid if her kid is on that ship and she has to allow them to make the choices she she does everything she could have and she has to walk away trying to repair uh the two people that have unleashed a lot of damage onto the world and i thought that was a good moment for her and a good ending to that story so i kind of don't want it to be taken away for something a lot more poetic like the governor in the walking dead like it should have just been michonne but then you had to have the one girl shoot him in the end and it, it was just more like let the person that's supposed to take him out take him out i don't need to do a ceremony because you know she got her feelings hurt and then rick had to get in there somehow because he's rick just give it to naomi don't even give it to drummer i think that there is a lot that can happen between now and the next season i think right now after this big i think there's a few big additional things coming of course with the rossi uh that being the biggest one but i am intrigued on how they're going to handle the rest of this i do think a lot of it's going to be back on earth i don't know if we're going to be seeing marco a lot in the next episodes as much as we might be starting to see some backstory either way I would love to get that backstory because 
as I did state in the podcast, his POV missing from the book was one of the biggest uh, disappointments. Not so much that I didn't like the books. I just wish I had could see inside of his head for a lot more than I did get to see inside of his head. So that is the end of our podcast. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. If you have time, run over to iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review. Until next time, peace, hair grease, black girl magic.